ora and welcome to Tea with the High Commission. I'm Iona Thomas, British High Commissioner to New Zealand. Welcome to our podcast. In this podcast, we explore the connections between the UK and New Zealand through conversation with some very interesting Brits and New Zealanders. I invite you to join in the conversation by leaving comments and questions. This podcast is part of our Rugby World Cup series, talking to the captains of Scotland, England and Wales. The World Cup is being played in New Zealand in October and November 2022, and the UK and New Zealand Network will be cheering on all of the British teams competing. Kia ora and welcome to Tea with the High Commission. I'm Iona Thomas, the British High Commissioner to New Zealand, and I'm joined here today by the captain of the England women's rugby team, Sarah Hunter. Sarah is captaining the English World Cup side for the third time, having won the 2014 World Cup and a hard-fought runner-up in the 2017 World Cup, is hoping for a second win here in New Zealand. The Rugby World Cup is being played on the 8th of October to the 12th of November in Auckland and Whangarei. Sarah has an MBE for her services to rugby, was the 2016 World Rugby Women's Player of the Year and is the second most capped England women's rugby player ever. I was fortunate to meet Sarah at the World Cup Players' Welcome in Auckland ahead of the first round and it's great to have the chance to talk in more depth today. Welcome Sarah, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on as well. It's um, it's a pleasure to be, be on the podcast. Great. So the podcast is called Tea with the High Commission. Uh, so I'm sitting here with my cup of Earl Grey. Uh, so it's a question that I ask everyone is, are you a tea drinker and how do you take your tea? I do love I do love a cup of tea. Um, I think it might be a bit um, strange, but I like it really strongly brewed, but then with quite milky. So it's probably a bit of a contradiction. So yeah, tea bagging for a while, so you get this nice strong tea flavour, but then quite a bit of milk in, so it's got like a milky taste to it as well. Excellent. Well, now we know what the secret to powering you on the rugby field is. <laughs> strong tea. Um, so I'm going to start with some very New Zealandy questions about uh, being here in New Zealand. Is this your first time in New Zealand? No, I've been fortunate enough to to have come to New Zealand twice before. Um, once in 2013, and uh, predominantly stayed in in the Auckland area um, for a, a test series against New Zealand. So rugby brought me here previously. So, but I, Auckland's changed so much in those ten years. Um, and then in 2017, um, we came back across for rugby again. Um, but this time. We were in a series with New Zealand, Australia and Canada and we did a bit more travelling. So went to Wellington, um, to Christchurch and then up to Rotorua. So saw a little bit more of the country as well. But every time um, I, I've been here, um, I've just been so welcomed by the country. You know, rugby is like a way of life here. And when people find out you play rugby and that you're here for rugby, they're like engaged straight away. Even though you're English, they're so welcoming and they're like really keen that you play rugby and that like rugby is your thing. So yeah, I've had um, I've had two really good experiences coming out um, to New Zealand before and hopefully this so far, the welcome has been amazing. Like everyone knows the World Cup's going on. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty good so far. 
Excellent. It's really great to hear that positive experience. And I found in my time here that New Zealanders are very much known for their warm welcome and really thrilled to have people visiting their country. And particularly when they have uh, rugby to play as well, because they say it's very much uh, a popular sport here. Um, and so you've been around New Zealand a little bit before. You're based in Auckland at the moment and playing in Auckland and Whangarei. Are you hoping to see a bit of New Zealand beyond that in this tour as well? Yeah, I think we, we are obviously it's pretty pretty challenging um trying to fit in getting out to, to see um to see a lot of New Zealand. But I think we've got a few trips planned, you know, to, to go off and see little bits of, of New Zealand on our on our down days and when we're travelling up to Whangarei and and yeah, there's uh, a few people who maybe organising a trip to the Lord of the Rings um, place where it was filmed and things like that. So it's probably a very typical English thing to do when uh, you come out here. But yeah, we're going to try as much as is possible to to see other areas other than just Auckland city centre and uh, Fangarai um, city as well. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to try our best to get out and see what uh, an amazing country this is. And my parents are coming out and they're telling me about everywhere they're going. And I, still, I seem very jealous of what, what they're doing. But then I've got to remember we're, we're here to play rugby. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully get a good balance. Absolutely. And there is so much to see in this country and it's so diverse. So I really hope that uh, you and the team, when the schedule allows, get some, some time to do that. But great that your supporters uh, and family who are coming out will get to really experience the country as well. So the Rugby World Cup is coming after a year of delay. How are you and the side feeling going into this? Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know, like you say, it was it was postponed a year for COVID. And at the time, you, you're probably a little bit frustrated by that. But then you put it into the, the bigger picture of like what was going on across the world. You know, some teams hadn't qualified. Like New Zealand was still shut down. Um, it just wouldn't have been a very good experience for for anyone. Like no fans were at any game, so I think having a year's wait, you know, it just makes it all that more exciting. In, uh, the country's now open. Like you, we've got over thirty five thousand coming to the first game. Like, we've not talked about that in any sort of facet within a women's World Cup before. Like not even for a final. So you know to to have it for an opening sort of set of fixtures is is brilliant and I think the like the team are just like can't wait to to get going. You know, you we've spent months of training and practice like for this tournament. Is that yeah, we're we're just looking to that that first game against Fiji at the weekend and we yeah, we we can't wait to to get going. The the anticipation has been building for for over a year. So we've we've waited long enough. Um yeah, we we're just looking forward to, to getting it all started now. And you talked about the fact that thirty five thousand tickets have been sold for those opening matches. Um, really seeing a huge groundswell of support here, but also sort of around the world for women's sport. How have you seen that focus and uh, emphasis on women's sport change over your career? Uh, it's been like night and day. I think I started playing many years ago before the world even knew about social media. And I think that's obviously been a big catalyst to, to just making women's rugby visible around the around the world and you've seen nations I mean I feel very fortunate to, to play for England rugby where they've invested heavily into their women's team making us like professional and the investment they've put into the infrastructure like not just at um sort of elite level but at sort of domestic level and then grassroots level you know 
I think it's kind of been world leading. So then other nations have followed and you've seen other nations become professional. And um, yeah, just the amount of money is now being put into to women's rugby is like just like game changing. And it, it certainly wasn't there when, when I started playing. And it's really exciting to have been part of that journey and seen like how it, it's changed. And I genuinely believe we're on sort of this, this crest of a wave of women's women's rugby about it it's just gonna go off like after this world cup i think i think it's just gonna the world's gonna like wake up to to what and how great women's women's rugby is and that's just brilliant for women's sport as a whole and i think we've been very fortunate um in in england this year that we've seen like the lionesses win the european football which just took the country by storm you know everyone was gripped like whether you were like you supported football or not, the fact that they were successful in an English successful football team, you know, like they had the nation gripped, and then you saw the hockey going win Commonwealth gold. You know, I feel very proud to be part of um, sort of a time where women's sport is just excelling in 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 our country, and I, I think hopefully we can. We can try and really like follow that that trend and go and do something doing something special um over the next few weeks. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty special time to be part of women's sport, I think. Absolutely. I was in the UK when the Lionesses won and you're right, the whole country was just absolutely gripped and taken by storm and it was little girls, but it was also little boys and men that were following the team and cheering them on, which was fantastic to see that it really is, you know, sport is for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something I think we feel really passionate about is that actually we don't want to keep defining sports as girls. Like we're, we're women's rugby players. We want to be known as rugby players and we want young children to, to know that that they are sports players and whatever sport they're playing, it's not for girls, it's not for boys. And, and I think women should be able to inspire young boys as much as they should be able to inspire young girls and, and vice versa for 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 male sports players as well and um i think we're we're gradually seeing that that change and hopefully like gender can get taken out of sport with in terms of who can play what and who can succeed at what and i think that that'll be like making a huge difference yeah, and a huge set of role models kind of across the tournament as say for little girls and little boys which is uh, really wonderful to see um, you touched on professionalism and sort of the investment that England's put into the game. Um, and the England team in 2019 became the first women's rugby team to become fully professional. Um, are there other countries that are following suit and also going professional? And do you think that impacts uh, them as competitors? Yeah, so um, like New Zealand are fully professional. Um, Wales recently turned professional this year. Um, Scotland um, have had... Um, like funding for them to be full time in the run up to this World Cup because they're going professional after the World Cup. Um, I think France are a professional. You know, other teams are getting sort of semi professional status. Um, Ireland are going to go professional, um, like in in the autumn. So, so yeah, you've got nations around the world now putting more money than they ever have done into to to women's rugby and. And for me, I didn't think it would happen in my my lifetime. I thought I would always have to have a full time job, um, which allowed me to to go and play rugby for my my country. But like, it was a dream come true when they announced that we were gonna 
get these contracts to to go professional and I almost think like I'm getting paid to do my hobby that I I love and it's incredible and I think you know again looking at like young boys have always known that they can they can grow up and be a professional rugby player um like as young girls we, we've never had that um but now we have um and now they can see that and when they're running around at their local rugby club they can go I want to be a professional rugby player and and that's so so brilliant to be able to to say um and for them to see it and for them to believe it and to know that they they've got a dream just like young boys have and yeah I think um it, it's it's brilliant we're professional and we just need other nations around the world to go we're going to invest um into their women's team so that actually like it it's something that whether you're playing um for for whatever country it is that you're a professional rugby player like and I think um that would be really like exciting for where the women's game can go if you know if if the majority of nations can can provide professional contracts for their for their women's players fantastic and um we're recording this ahead of your first game uh which is against Fiji and at the opening ceremony we really heard and saw the huge support base for the Fijiana here in New Zealand. Um, England's played in every World Cup since it started, and this is Fiji's first time. How does it feel going up against a widely unknown team? Yeah, I think um, at the welcome, sorry, it was definitely noted that they are everyone's um, everyone's fans' favourites, aren't they? Um, it, it's brilliant, you know, that they're playing in their first first World Cup. It just shows you how how the the game is, is growing worldwide and um they're like you think to their men's Fijian team and they're they're so widely supported and they're so present in in 15s and 7s and World Cups and Olympics you know they they won the last two Olympic games for, from a men's perspective so it's part of their heritage and um listening and understanding um some stuff from the Fijiana um they like weren't allowed to play rugby you know they 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 weren't encouraged they actually physically got stopped playing it it was against what they were allowed to do so you know for for people for women in this team to persevere and fight against that you know that's incredible you know they're incredible women in that sense have gone no I want to play rugby and I want to play for my country and you know to where they've got to from from not being allowed to play rugby at all it is it's it's brilliant so the the challenges and sacrifices they've had to to overcome to get to this point is incredible and it shows you the the growth of the the game and you know we've never played them before um so we're certainly expecting the the unexpected and um to be challenged in ways that we haven't been challenged before and um, they're certainly a team that is very unpredictable. Likes to play in probably a certain style that we're we're used to seeing the the Fijian men um, play, and you know this offloading high tempo game. They've got some very physical players. They've got some very fast players. Um, but it should be a real exciting challenge for for us to to play in our, our first game. But <laughs> we're pretty sure that everyone else. Um, Apart from the the English, will be will be supporting uh, Fiji. That's for sure. They're uh, they they got a, a rapturous r- applause on on uh, Monday at the welcome ceremony, and rightly so. And rightly so. Yeah, they certainly did, and you know it's an amazing story to say behind 
behind that team. So there'll be a lot of people cheering them on, but certainly all of us here at UK and New Zealand will be cheering on the England team as well. Um, for those listening in the UK, uh, they will have been able to see the Where the Rose documentary on ITV, which follows the team heading up to the, the World Cup. And I was able to, to catch an episode as well. And it's a really fantastic insight into the preparation, the team and everything that goes into preparing for the World Cup. For those in New Zealand who haven't been able to see, can you talk a little bit about that preparation and about the whole team that sits behind the players? Yeah, um, I think um, for for us having someone come in and um, just share that journey with us was was pretty important and pretty special and has probably given an insight into into what this team's about. And we we've been in well, it's it's been years in preparation, but specifically for this World Cup, we came into to camp in July and had three tough weeks um, down at Bath University where there was a lot of a physical preparation a lot of fitness um like through rugby and in the gym but it wasn't really technical or tactical it was small-sided games like conditioning element trying to get us to a, a baseline fitness that took us to some some pretty dark places but you know I think you can see in the documentary like when we're when we're training and everyone's in that that space together and everyone's like although they're they're really dark moments. You can look back on them and gone, you know what, well, as a team, we've all been through that together and we've come out the other side. And I, I genuinely think it, it makes you stronger as a collective to know that you, you've shared in, in what has been some tough moments and you've needed your teammates to, to get you through moments in those sessions. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was a, a, a real nice entry into, into pre-season after, um, like five weeks off of enjoying yourself and then um we we were then based out of penny hill park where um the england training center is uh and had sort of an incredible two months down there where we really got stuck into the thick of of rugby and we didn't think training could get much harder for after those three weeks but but somehow the coaches managed to, to find a way of of pushing us to another level and we had a wider squad of about 40 players and unfortunately only 32 have, have been able to be sliced out here. But, you know, every week everyone's pushed each other and challenged each other in the right way on the pitch. And then we've just become a really tight group off the pitch and about where this team wants to go and what it wants to go and achieve. And um, yeah, that that's certainly wider than just the players that are here and um, it, it's been a really special group to, to be part of. And that that sort of pre-season like two three months of it's just a start really we're, we're now out here and we're now in the the business end of things and um we're, we're very um like much of the mindset that we're not finished yet we've only just got getting started um for for our world cup journey and uh our staff have been brilliant you know like you asked about the sort of that team behind the team and we have a, a great group from a from a medical team that that keep people fit and getting them back onto the pitch. And you know our coaches who put so much time and thought into planning sessions and um, what it is we need to do in order to get better. We have our strength and conditioning coaches who who make sure we're not overtraining. The loads just right. They're keeping us fit and strong off the pitch, you know, in the gym to make us like robust enough to be be able to take 
and prepare for for what's to come in a World Cup. And you've got a team manager, our analyst. Um, yeah, we've got so many. We've got our psychologist. Like we've got such a great staff that are always working hard to make sure that we're in the best possible place to go and play at our, our best. So everyone looks to the players in terms of that's a team that goes out there and wins games. But we we know we're far more than that, and we always talk about being as one and for us that's that's staff and players collectively together and I, I like like to think we've got this really strong bond as a group about what we're doing um and how we're doing it to, together and how we're achieving um and how we put each other from those those things when it doesn't go well and how we like really celebrate in the successes when it does go does go well so yeah it's a it's a p- pretty special group to be part of well, that sense of team really came across watching that first episode. You say there were times when it looked incredibly painful and intense, but it also looked like there were times when you were having a huge amount of fun, which was really lovely to see. Yeah, it definitely. It's about getting that balance right. Like, you've got to be enjoying yourself and you've got to have time to, to switch off from rugby. You can't be on rugby 100% of the time, otherwise you're just going to burn out mentally. Well... You've got uh, lots of preparation to do ahead of uh, the matches uh, this weekend and over the coming weeks. So really just a big good luck for the tournament from all of us here at UK and New Zealand. We'll be watching the progress of the Red Roses really closely and willing you on on your journey. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, thank you. And that support out here will mean everything to, to us. You know, we're... We're a very long way from a lot of people back home who normally support us. So being here and having the welcome we have from from you and, and knowing that we've got the support of um, the British people out here does mean an, an awful, awful lot when we're so far from home. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tea with the High Commission. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you very much and Kakite Anor.